My name is Borma and I welcome you guys to the newly renamed Dramas Over Flowers. It's my turn to do the intro this month and the outro, which makes me very happy. Yay! Okay, so before we get started on our predictably long yak, we have a tiny pre-yak segment this month. We got something in the mailbox that we wanted to share with you guys. So, let's get this started. We have an email from uh, a listener, Tony, and um, I want to read out uh, a segment from uh, that email. Wait, 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 but it's our, wait, wait, it's our first listener email. This is very exciting. (laughs) I'm very excited. (laughs) We have to explain about this a little bit. (laughs) So, yes, no, I mean, mean, sorry to. No, let's, let's set it up again then. Okay. Hmm. Okay. So guys, we got an email from a listener called Tony and uh, she doesn't agree with our take on um, what's wrong with uh, Secretary Kim, at least uh, a little bit of the critiquing that we did. And she, this is our first listener email. So we're super excited. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for writing to us. We've been waiting for this day. Exactly. This validates um, us so much. We are now a proper podcast because we finally have someone writing emails to us. <laughs> so exciting. Yeah. Um, so Tony had this to say about our podcast episode on what's wrong with Secretary Kim. However, I differ with your thoughts on what's wrong with Secretary Kim a bit. I love that drama and I loved it best from episode 8 through the rest of the series. Here's why. After watching around 200 dramas, I can safely say my absolutely most hated trope in dramas is when after the leads get together, they are torn apart for some random and usually stupid reason. I loved, loved, loved that the characters stayed together in Secretary Kim and we get to see them walk through the issues that came their way as opposed to someone trying to and succeeding in breaking them up or whatever. To me, the last few episodes were the most rewatchable and sweet. I'm sorry for my terrible reading, but um, we were complaining about, I think this is in response to the fact that we were complaining about how the last four episodes were primarily fillers. And uh, they didn't really need to be there. But it's a very good point. We don't often have dramas where characters get together, stay together and, you know, figure out, like sort of face obstacles together. Um, And that's what they did in the last four episodes. What do you guys think? For sure. We don't get to see that a lot. And like I did mention this a little bit when I was like squeeing over the fact that we actually got to see their wedding, which was like a totally a fangirl moment for me. Like even though I had issues with their relationship, I was like, these two look amazing in their wedding clothes and I'm happy watching them, (laughs) you know? So that's for sure. And like, I think our issues were more like how, even though they did get together and stay together, maybe we weren't so happy with like- Their dynamic. Yeah. Yeah, like maybe the way that they didn't really address a lot of those obstacles in a meaningful way was what was kind of bothering us. Saya? <laughs> you have yeah, thoughts? Um, I, I think it's great. Like, I, I really like I really like all of the points that she raised. And I agree with the whole, um, you know, the aftermath of getting together yeah. and how important and great it is to see that. And I'm really glad that, Tony, that you found this in this show, but everyone's tastes are different. So yeah. I guess I didn't find the same thing, but I found that in other shows. Like, I've loved shows other people don't like. Like, Temperature of Love is, like, one of my favorite romances ever. Everyone else hates it. I don't hate yeah. it. <laughs> I just haven't finished it. <laughs> I never finished it either, yeah. But to get back to Secretary Kim, though, like, yes, as I said, everyone's tastes different. But also, like, I think I had higher expectations of this show because of how good it was in the beginning. 
that it yeah. wasn't just like a regular rom-com that was it like here's deliver yeah. its promises yeah because you're more disappointed that's why you end up yeah. being more negative even if it wasn't in fact bad. exactly and, and yeah. because we were disappointed and we were focusing on the negatives um I appreciate Tony pointing out this one positive that they once they got together they did behave like a team mostly even though the team they could did. have been better yeah. <laughs> <But> <laughs> <Three>. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm sorry Hey I'm back again sorry we needed a transition here but I thought I would take the opportunity to apologize for the first 30 minutes of my audio quality I tried my best to edit it into shape but it's still pretty bad. The three of us live in different countries and record our podcasts online. So, besides our antiquated hardware, which are in dire need of upgrade, we also have bad internet connection to blame for our audio weirdness, especially and usually me. So, sorry guys and thanks for still listening to us. And this is Paramount. And this is this month's long yak. <laughs> uh, oh, before you do, before you yeah. do, can I can I share a fun fact? Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> so, did you guys know that today is International Podcast Day? Really? Oh, oh no. We are recording this on International Podcast Day. <laughs> oh, that's exciting. That's very cool. Yeah. Wow. We're such noobs. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why, why do we need an international podcast? I'm just confused. To celebrate podcasts, i.e. Do, do we have an international television day and an international internet day? I think internet, yes, is, internet day is every day. Come on now. <laughs> so true. <laughs> it's also every night. <laughs> yeah, 24 hours. Especially like late late night to early morning when you really should be asleep, but you're not. Yeah, four four a.m. is the most internet time of the day. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so back to our watch list. Um, we are going to start with uh, Familiar Wife, which is a drama that um Saya has dropped. I have not started, but Anissa seems to love. Okay, so I started this maybe four or five days ago because I had meant, you know, I'd been meaning to check it out, but I've been so busy with school. But like, I had a few hours that I needed to de-stress. So, um, and you know, like we love Jisung around here. So I started. I actually really, really like it. I'm on episode ten now, and um, it's interesting in that it has the time travel aspect, of course, but it's also um, he's not a good person in the beginning. And but the drama does a really good job of showing how he's really messing up his own. Like he's so unhappy in his marriage, but a lot of it is his own fault. Although his wife is also responsible for some of that. Um, but he's so lacking in self awareness, and he doesn't think he's doing anything wrong, and he just feels like he's miserable. And if only he had made a different choice, you know, way back when, then he would have had a perfect life. And so he, you know, spo- like mild spoilers, but you know this is going to happen. He travels back in time, and he changes. The outcome of who he ends up with is that too much of a spoiler? No, no, no. We knew I that. feel like it's pretty built in. Yeah, because um, so, you know he has this first love that he always put on this pedestal, and so. Um, ah. But when he changes everything, a lot of things change, and then he has to kind of deal with the consequences. Yeah, and and then and then like, 
I don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say that his his wife in the original timeline, who's played by Han Jimin, comes into his life anyway in the new timeline, even though he's not married to her. Um, and so is then, he actually, sorry, is he actually married to the the first love? He is married to her. Yes. Okay. So, and then he, you know, as time passes, he kind of has to face up to the mistakes he made, and um, and like, I mean, his his character development. Or not his character development. Character development is really good, but his growth is very slow. But it's realistic, um, and so he's very—he's like a—he's like at base, he's a nice guy, but he can, can be kind of thoughtless and like lacking in awareness about his own flaws. And but you know, it's Jisung, so he like really sells the emotional scenes, and it's interesting because it's most of the day you spend with him at work. He works at a bank, and he has these like coworkers who are really great. Like it's a really funny and interesting like great kind of a work ensemble drama um but it has this layer of like melancholy because the more time he spends in this timeline the more he realizes that like that was actually the person that he should have been with and that he loved and that he's made a terrible mistake like it's boss like yeah Han Jimin yeah and Han Jimin is also really <laughs> just really really good in this like she's I've always found her to be you know fine if a little boring, but she is like so funny and like, you know, she plays a character who's like got a bit of a temper and she has like a weird sense of humor, but she's very like lively and interesting and good in this. Um, it's getting a little bit, there are like shades of emotional cheating and stuff now, which is kind of bothering me. It doesn't, I don't know, there's, it's starting to cross some lines, it's getting a little angsty, but we'll see. I, I, I don't want to like have a final sort of um, a final verdict on that until I finish the drama. But the other thing is like her, her love interest in the current timeline is actually his best friend. So that also makes oh. it complicated. And the best friend is actually like a really great guy. He's amazing. And so then like that is a, you know, an ep that sort of like part of the conflict. And then his, his also the wife that he ends up marrying that he thought was perfect is, um, not a great person. Yeah. So, I mean... Curious. Sorry, go on. No, I feel like... I feel like they kind of had a get-out-of-jail-free card in that because she's not a good person and he's not happy in his marriage. It's almost like they're allowed to kind of disregard her or, like, to treat it as not a real marriage, which I think is... That's what we usually do, right? Like, yeah. Married but, to the, that woman, so it's not really cheating if he has, you know, emotional. I don't know. No, yeah, but I mean, it's it's a it's kind of a murky because he is married to her in this timeline. Like he changed it, and now he is married to her. So you know, like yeah, that, but but the, but the way the audience, I'm, I'm assuming that what they showed the audience was was his marriage to Han so in, 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 from the audience perspective, it, it, uh, uh, the ground reality is that he was first married to Hanjimin. So now that the time changed, this is more like a fantasy timeline. This is not real because that's how, um, that's how these kind of stories usually play out. Especially if the story is going to be all about how you know, the, the main characters fall in love despite being married to or engaged to other people. Yeah, original connection first. That's so that true, but at the same time, yeah, that's true. But at the same time, like as far as he knows, this is reality, and he can't go back. You know, 
And I'm sure that there's going to be some way for him to go back because, you know, it's a romance. Does he remember? Does he, he remembers being married to... Uh, he remembers character. everything. Uh, ooh, the other characters cool. don't remember except for um, his former mother-in-law who still has all of her memories of him because she has dementia. Ooh. Wow. So okay. that is an interesting dynamic because she sees him. She's like, ah, oh, Jasmon. Um, so yeah, it's, I actually like that aspect of like, there is somebody who remembers who he used to be. And yeah, so he didn't just, he hasn't gone insane. Like he, that, that's kind of like a validation that, that this thing really happened and that he's not an insane person imagining what he was like. Yeah. So it's so like an interesting, in a way, it's an interesting take on like exes who didn't work out. Yeah. Getting a second chance, except only one of the exes actually remembers that they're exes. So, oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It sounds super messy, man. Oh, it is sorry. very messy. Yeah, so once I finish it, I'll let you know what I think of the way it resolved. <laughs> oh, sorry, you dropped it, right? Uh, so I watched about the first 40 minutes of the first episode with my sister. And um, if I hadn't been watching with her, I might have carried on to the end of the episode. But... Like, after that 40 minutes, we kind of both just, like, noped out. Because ever both of them were really, like, horrible to each other. And it was just, everyone was yelling. And I was like, no, stop yelling. <laughs> and they were both really shrill about it. So you're just like, ah. Uh... And I, I understand that it has to start off at the worst possible point so that it can get better or, you know, get even worse and then get better. But, yeah. um, and, and it, like, they're very miserable in the beginning. and And I guess... They needed to be that miserable, otherwise, like, why would he do this thing where he would actually, like, go back in time and erase his whole marriage, right? Like, it had to be something really bad. But I know what you mean. It is kind of a lot in the beginning. But it's the writer of, like, weightlifting fairy, Kim Bok-ju. Oh, um, is that oh the my reason why I was to watch it? Yeah, high school came I couldn't remember Daddy. what the reason was. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I mean, I, I mean, despite whatever reservations I had about Oh My Ghostess, like, I really love this writer. And, I mean, so far, I've really been enjoying the writing. Like, this writer just does those like daily, you know, small interactions between people and like the relationships, you know, like the relationship he has with his sister and his friends and like his coworkers and his parents. And like, it's all really well done. And it feels like a really well fleshed out world. Like the time travel device is ridiculous, but I mean, they always are. So I don't really care. I'm curious about uh whether once he goes you know into this alternate timeline whether jisung's character repeats the same mistakes as he made in his marriage with hanjimin because it di it did seem like he disregarded her a lot um so presumably the the alternate timeline would give him a chance to actually if the same things were happening in his marriage with the new woman would well, the thing that, is like make him reflect on oh maybe it's me well, he has, I mean, it's on episode 10, so he is reflecting, right? So, like, in the beginning, he but was just the same person. But it takes 10 episodes to get there. <laughs> no, he's, he's, he's grown, but it's, it was, it's not, like, it would be kind of ridiculous for him to just change right away just because he traveled in time, right? So, when he first travels in time, it's like, oh, my life is so great. I'm married to, like, you know, the daughter of this Chebol group. I don't have any problems at work. Like, everything's great. I have a car, you know, like, and then, like, slowly he's kind of, starts to realize what mistakes he made. And, and, and like when he sees her, his, his former wife, Han Jimin, and she's so happy and successful and she has a job and like her life is all in order. And he's like, oh, so like marrying me was actually really not a good thing for her. 
you know, and, and he starts and like the more he sees her and talks to her and kind of compares her with his wife that he has now and kind of thinks about like things that happened in the past. And he starts to realize the stuff that he did wrong and the ways in which he contributed to their marriage, just turning into like this misery, you know, and I don't want to give away too much, but like, I like the way that they're doing it. I don't know, you know, your mileage may vary. Each person is different, but I really like the way they've been developing it so far. It also just really depends on how they, where they go from here. Cause right now in episode 10, it's like high angst level. Something has just happened, which is like kind of t- made things very serious. So then like, I, I don't want to spoil it. So you've got me interested. So I'll wait until you finish. Okay. And, and then you can tell me whether I should watch it or not. <laughs> Sounds good. But it's a okay. good relationship drama, I think. So, on to the next one. Um, uh, we have Darius Behind Me, <laughs> which uh, Saya has watched, I think, two episodes. I have just watched like, the first 20 minutes of the first episode. And it's super, super adorable. Yes, let's hear about it. So Terry's Behind Me is actually, uh, I think, the direct translation of its title, but the official English title is My Secret Terrius. So you'll find it under both of those names floating around on the internet. But, oh, shall I talk about what it's about? Yeah, okay. yeah I didn't watch the most. I haven't seen any. <laughs> At this point, it's just aired two episodes. Um, uh, uh, two, I mean, the four, you know, one week. Um, and it's about, uh, uh, it stars a Sergisov as a Black Ops agent, kind of on the run, I think. So he's like a former special agent who is now doing nobody quite knows what. But he seems uh, to be trying to track down someone. Like someone has betrayed him, somebody died, and he's trying to figure out what the hell happened. So, but he is in hiding, definitely. Right. And you've got, um, as the female lead in this, yeah, is Jung In Sun, who uh, I think she just came off um, Wahoo Wa- uh, Waikiki, uh, also called uh, Laughter in Waikiki, where she also played, uh, she played a single mother in that as well. So it's kind of uh, quite, how old is she, actually? Because it <laughs> seems strange for her to be typecast as a mum when she looks so young. She or maybe looks she, sort of friendly to me. Um, yeah. <laughs> so she's a, uh, you know, a, a housewife. She's young, dude. She's 24, maybe. Like, oh, really? Uh, yeah, she was born in 1991. So. Oh, she's teeny. So, so she's a housewife and she's got uh, um, two kids and a very chaotic lifestyle, as you do when you have young children. Um, and they are actually like next door neighbors. They live in uh, their apartments opposite each other. Um, and somehow their paths cross like this. Um, and all sorts of things. The thing is, I, I think if I say too much, no, it gives the plot away and I don't want to do that. But it is, it's, it plays a lot with juxtaposition of like this high thrill um, life, uh, sort of um, undercover high tech everything that's in Sojisub's world uh, and like it it juxtaposes that with Jung Son's sort of everyday um you know mum's network going to school you know school run all of that yeah. um and it's really funny the way they actually do this in the episode I think it's in the first uh, hour I can't remember if uh you oh, no, yeah, it, 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 it is in the first hour uh, I, I 
<laughs> so, so when her kids are kidnapped, so um, her husband witnesses uh, something that he shouldn't have witnessed, um, and there are consequences to that, and her kids end up being kidnapped by um, the guy who did the thing that the husband witnessed, and there's this like um, sort of parallel. Um, they they show in parallel the way the entire apartment complex uh, network, social network of the, the parents, the mums yeah. and the dads and all of that, um, and the and how they have this sort of grapevine where they're having sightings of the kids here and there. And in the end, they actually, they do rescue the kids. And they contrast that with this scene of um, so, uh, Sojisa being chased by like, you know, elite government agents and uh, the satellites tracking him from, you know, like it, it's just it was a really cool yeah, way that they showed that but i think you know when right off the bat just from the uh, introductory shots they they uh, established this really nicely the juxtaposition between their lives and how and even the voiceover that sohusab does like some people live their life in order and you see him with his daily morning routines and some people live their life in chaos and you see um Johnson's daily morning routine where she's trying to control her yelling, screaming kids and trying to kind of like herd them out yeah. to the bathroom and then you know to uh, catch the school bus and yeah it's and she and I like um, Johnson's character here like I haven't seen her in um, like I haven't seen much of um, she was in Circle she was the doctor oh. in Circle in the oh. younger the she was future time future timeline past timeline. Okay. Yeah, I, um, I've only seen like one episode of Woohoo Waikiki, so I don't really know her as an actress. Okay, so I know the character you're talking about in Circle, but yeah, okay, so she was. Yeah, no, you're right. She was time. memorable. No. But then again, her character didn't have much to do, and she was a pretty uh, late entry. Um, mm. So I, I like. Wait, uh, sorry. Go on. No, I'm just asking. Like, is this a comedy? Is it? It's not a romance, right? Because I was literally just about to say. I like the way that they actually describe this as a hybrid genre of comedy, romance, and thriller. And, like, it's all there. All of it is there. Um, you know, with the whole the high-stakes, high-tech spy thriller um, alongside the low-key slice of life. Um, what's it called? Um, yeah, that. Yeah, like a little <laughs> bit like man to man, maybe where he's like, there's like yeah, this yeah, high yeah. hijinks. The thing is, the, the high, yeah. the high stakes part is genuinely high stakes. Like it is suspenseful and it's dangerous. Like all of it um, works on its level, and they work next to each other as well. Like the way the the um, the genres cross is really natural. And it doesn't feel like any part of it is mismatching. You know, like you can have these disparate elements. Like, for example, let's uh, think about Work of Love, for example. We talked about how that had lots of really unusual mismatching parts. In the end, it didn't come together. With mm. this one, it's got all of these disparate elements, but it's really like it works as a, co uh, as a cohesive whole as well. So I'm, I'm into this one. It's good. So yeah. and and you said it's going to be a romance. So does your husband like die or leave or something? Like he does die. Okay. Is that a spoiler? I mean, <laughs> it's, not it's a romance. I feel like if it's listed as a romance drama, that can't be a spoiler unless. I mean, I want to know if she's cheating on her husband. So I feel like that's a legitimate question. <laughs> 
Um, I just I just want to say that I really like how um, it they they have such different worldviews because well clearly they have very different lives and I really like how they introduce these elements like how they use these elements to tell you stuff for these characters. They have this moment in the elevator where both of them they live on the same floor and they know each other as neighbors though they don't interact much. But um, he gets into the elevator with her and she's uh, going down and she starts talking to him and she's like, well, you don't need much. You're going out today. And he's like, who is she? How does she know so much about my movements? <laughs> <laughs> she's like, yeah, since you are going out, go to this bakery because they're giving away like sliced bread. And she's like, because, you know, you only buy sliced bread. And she's like, how does she know <laughs> And then Mom, a bit no. later, where um, it kind of reminds me of uh, what's that Vin Diesel film, the one with where he babysits kids. Oh, I, it's the Vin Diesel film where he babysits kids. That's everybody knows that film. We just don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so there's like I think this uh, starts in the second episode because um, okay, her husband. Uh, saw the thing that he saw was the murder of a very important, like a, polit- a key political figure or something. Um, the pacifier. And, right, that's what it was called. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow, how did you remember that? <laughs> I did, I Googled it. Oh, okay. <laughs> he cheated. <laughs> then the mission that he takes um, onto himself is to protect her family, uh, to protect Johnson's family. So he's, he like, you know, he actually asks her let me be your babysitter she now has to go back to work since there's you know her, she no longer has a husband who can bring in any income um so there's all sorts of uh, stuff sort of being set up um and you've got son hojun who's playing um i think he's the villain but i kind of i'm not seeing him that way yet maybe it's sort of leftover affection for his previous characters um i don't know I don't know much about him, but I'm enjoying his character, although he does seem a little bit murderous. Hmm. <laughs> he's, he's also so cute that you can't really see him. Yeah. As yeah. <laughs> so I'm wondering, is he going to like fall in love with Jong Son, who's just become his secretary? Um, so, 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 so. Oh, yeah. So you've got these really hilarious moments of Sarisa like being this straight-faced uh, Vin Diesel-style babysitter, where the kids are just like, you know, g- like testing and challenging and demanding oh that actually sounds demand. hilarious it's so funny and like he's riding the slide and one of the other dads comes along and is like don't you understand what these kids are doing <laughs> they can ride that a <laughs> hundred times because <laughs> he does it with a total straight face and it's like these kids bundled in his lap like teddy bears and it's so cute Funny. Oh my gosh! Yes, I, I, you, I want, want, you, you want to watch this? I do want to yeah. watch this. <laughs> Next up is um, heart surgeons. Saya. Okay, so heart surgeons also started airing this week. Uh, it's got two episodes out. Um, and oh, so interesting fact about this one is that it is from the same writer as Defendant. And City Hunter, interesting. Okay, um, same uh, writer PD pair. So the same team that was behind Defendant is also behind this show, and I really like Defendant. That was a good one. Mm, um, was. And this has so it also has uh, Um Kijun, who was also in Defendant. Although the last thing he was in was I think I'm not a robot. So he's shed the villain image 
a little, <laughs> at least. Um, but the main character is played by Gos uh, Gosu. I don't think I've ever seen him in a drama. I don't think I've seen him in anything. Although uh, I saw him in uh, Will It Snow for Christmas long time ago. Oh, that was a mellow, wasn't it? It was a mellow, yeah. It's one of the few mellows I've ever watched. That aired after You're Beautiful. I know because when I was watching You're Beautiful, it kept having the teasers for when it's new for Christmas. And it was very confusing. Mm. So it's got your... It's it's got the usual conflict, um, you know, that most medical thrillers have about which lives are worth saving and all of that. So you've got uh, Gosu, who's the main character. He's a graduate of a no-name medical school, which, by the way, makes no sense to me because any medical school is worth its salt just by being a med medical school, as I understand it. So I don't know. Maybe Korea is different. No, I mean, um, they didn't graduate from one of the top prestigious ones. Oh, because our ones, um, again, as I understand it, if it's a medical school, it's prestigious because there aren't that many medical schools. So, you know, maybe it's just yeah. different yeah. in other countries. Um, so, yeah, so it, um, the show opens, like it has this cold open where um, Gosu's character, whose name is Tesu, um, he effectively sabotages like a VIP surgery. Uh, a heart transplant surgery by running away with the donor heart uh, so you open with that and you're like what's um, happening no idea <laughs> <laughs> and then it rewinds four years um so then you have the first episodes which set up the story of how he makes it into one of seoul's biggest university hospitals um so his mum needed an emergency surgery that no one was willing to do except Umkijun. um which is um actually really I think it's maybe my favorite aspect of the show so far because it sets up this really touching relationship between these two. So between Umkijun, who is a, ser uh, a professor, a senior surgeon, and uh, Gosu, who is uh, at this time a fourth year resident, I think. Isn't he a little old to be a fourth year resident? Like, well, he looks old, but like, let's go with the story. <laughs> He's like in his um, 40s. Okay. Yeah, isn't he older than Umkijun as well? Yeah, anyway. yeah. Okay. Maybe he has uh, a tragic backstory, which means he went to Yeah, sleep. I mean, this is the backstory. So okay. the, the first two episodes set that backstory up. And it really, it makes you invested in understanding why um, Tesu would, like, defy or turn against the professor when he doesn't just owe him his mother's life, but, uh, you know, he also owes him his position. And he also has so much respect and affection for him. So I've, I'm, like, it invests you emotionally quite quickly. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm into this one. I like it. Hmm. Well, I mean, those two are such good actors. They can definitely carry whatever they need to. Yeah. Mm. I was going to bring up life later, um, but I don't actually have to say much about it. So I'm going to bring it up um, in God, like, as another medical um, drama. That's, that's also, also a medical drama. Yeah. 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 And the, um, the primary relationship or the primary conflict there um, is uh, between um, uh, Lee Dong Wook, I'm sorry, Lee Dong Wook's uh, character and uh, Cho Seong Woo's character. Uh, Lee Dong Wook is like the relatively uh, morally upright guy and um, whereas Cho Song Wu is more of a profit centered you know like the, the shark 
uh, hospital director mm. dude you know it's like very generic um characters but yeah so i the the relationship that's been set up between the two of them it's complex and they are supposedly moral opposites but there is other stuff going around like nobody's exactly black and white there are shades of gray which is all interesting but um the drama was taking so long i mean i i got i i got two episodes into this and initially the first episode was actually pretty interesting but um two episodes into it it's i i don't i don't know if there's there are pacing issues or what but i just can't make myself pick up the third episode anymore so but heart surgeons isn't like that i'm assuming right no at all the thing with like for example medical thrillers in general or medical dramas in general <clears throat> is that they always have this aspect of you know your main character who gets into trouble for prioritizing patients uh chances really yeah. um over hospital policy and it's like there's an argument for both of those things you know hospital policy exists for a reason um but like it it's about how how invested you make the viewer in in the outcome of that and how invested you make them in in the conflict in the first place it sounds like life isn't really getting you invested into it's that it's really not conflict. i i just keep like i um i have like a mental box of tropes <laughs> um that each genre has and life has all of the tropes and none of the tropes that's have kind been. of surprising though. yeah that's a shame because, because yeah yeah it's the team from forest of secrets yeah right. you'd have expected more but at the same time i also kind of get it because like from the i mean it's completed airing now and uh, quite a while yeah. ago and it has had a generally good reaction but i guess that's for for people who have stuck to it to the end exactly. but the other thing that also is that like when forest of secrets um was airing last year i didn't actually watch that while it was airing i kind of watched it well, i i caught it at the very end of its airing period but it took me a long time to get into it um, but i stuck it out because people kept saying this is so good this is so good um and they were like there were even people who were like oh this is better than signal which no sorry <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say that, but it did catch me. Like I felt like it grabbed me for the first couple of episodes. See, I didn't. It took me and, you know, you're going to laugh, but it took me 8 episodes before I was like, okay. Wow. Now I'm invested. Yeah, I'm going to laugh about the fact that you watched 8 episodes <laughs> without actually getting full. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how you do this side like I do not like, have the all the people saying this is so good and I'm like you know I love thrillers okay so if it's a good thriller I'm willing to give it time to get good apparently I didn't know I was I, I, I this is the kind of personality I do not understand for instance um we have uh, a a podcast guest <laughs> is going to uh, be like we are going to have her as a podcast guest in the coming months um so there is um a friend of ours real greenfields and uh, she's a beanie and we were talking about how uh, we were watching um, you guys were watching mr sun mr sunshine right and um, she yeah. yeah she abandoned it um, at episode 18 and uh, she says that she has heard that apparently it gets better from episode 19 and um, <laughs> who, who watches 18 episodes waiting for something to get good guys Like, no to be fair no, to her be mildly invested yeah no and, and to be fair to her while she's like not here we're talking about her <laughs> sorry <laughs> but i mean yeah i think she was saying that there were other things that were kind of interesting but it's just that it didn't really become 
like the main plot. It's like watching mediocre movie. dramas to the end. We yeah. all mediocre dramas to the end. We have. That's yeah. That's like it's a thing you do. Just for me, like it's like mediocre books. Yeah, for me, it's like I'm going on <laughs> ten years of Korean dramas. I'm not. I'm not as patient as I was in like my first year, where I would watch like crap as long as I finished <laughs> it. You know. Okay, I've I've never had that personality disorder that you guys seem to suffer from, where you have to watch crap, like even though you guys are clearly not enjoying. I don't understand how you can just like fast forward massive chunks of things. Because the actual we might as well talk about Full House at this point. Yeah, (laughs) if anyone follows me on Twitter, they might have already seen my various Twitter meltdowns about Full House. But I did watch that to the end. God save me. <laughs> no, it's too late to save you. <laughs> but God will only save you if you save yourself, woman. Yeah, and fast forwarding is Come one on of now. the tools that God provided. Why won't yeah. you use it? God forgive me, okay, that's what I mean. I feel like you always do that. you also sometimes do this thing where like you want to be part of the conversations, so you're like are willing to kind of endure more well, the thing so is, part of the conversation. Called- Somebody called Borma who shall not be named. <laughs> like, this is so good. And, you know, the romance and the relationship. And I'm like, okay, if it's that. And she has been, you know, uh, right about stuff before. Like, she's the person. <laughs> Thanks, faith. Oh, you've had a correct opinion before. <laughs> but you kind of, you have, um, what is it called? Um, undone all of that. <laughs> Yeah, basically. <laughs> I'm never taking your romance recommendations what? again. <laughs> Look, if you if you had fast forwarded the way I had, but I hadn't suggested it. Why but would you if, fast forward? Like, a rom com should it was very, to be fast forwarded. From 2000, it dude, it was a 2004 drama. Of course, you should fast forward it. I'm trying to remember any part of it that I would rewatch, and there is not a single part No, it's of it not a rewatchable drama. It's it's just a drama that was fun because of the main lead's chemistry. It wasn't have. even. Do you know, he was not nice to her. Rain was not nice to Sung Hye Of course, that like, was his personality. He was not a nice guy. of the time. It, it, I've seen dramas with worse guys who were better, okay? It's... No, I no, agree. I, I am mean, not justifying his behavior. His behavior uh, was bad. Just... But it, it's it's not, again, this is not, I don't even know, even know why I'm defending this drama. This was like a middling drama at best where I said I, I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the bits of the romance that I, I did watch. And look, I would yeah, fast forward know, the through. the bits of the romance <laughs> that were actually good. The bits of the romance. Okay, I can remember one conversation. But you know, that one conversation was immediately reversed, like three seconds later. And you're like, every step forward he took, he would take 30 steps back. Mm. And that's not fulfilling to watch. No, it's not, which is you, why we have drama heroes now who don't do stuff like that. But we needed <laughs> drama heroes like those to get where we are today. I would unwatch that drama. So for me, that was the yeah. Yes. So for me, this drama's only real um, value in 2018 is like as a historical artifact of, <laughs> yeah. you know, How where K drama was. No, and also like where K drama was at that time. Um, Full House was extremely popular. Like not just in Korea, but in like I think Taiwan and like Japan and stuff. Like there were, I think there were like Japanese ladies that used to come over. Like 
I think this was like the second wave of Hallyu. Like why? the first one was with Young Jun and stuff. I don't understand why. And I don't get like there's nothing about his hero which is like. Okay, but he's Rain. Oh, so, okay. like, you have to <laughs> take that, like, pop star fame and, like, fangirl love into, you know, into I'm the like, I, have to, I like Rain, okay? I've seen him in uh, several dramas, and I've liked him nearly all of them. And I especially, since Sketch, I'm like, okay, this guy is good. And, of course, there's a huge gap between when he did um, uh, Full House and when he did Sketch. But like, And also, um, I think the other thing is that, like, it was one of the first, like, contract marriage cohabitation dramas... Now we've seen like oodles of them and it's not really new for us anymore. But maybe at that time it was like a fresh new thing that now it's been like copied and done to but death. Even, you know, even the song was catchy. Music, it didn't do like it didn't fully uh, utilize the possibilities of, of the contract. No, it like, didn't. There was much more they could have done with it that they didn't. Right. And no one's arguing that it's a good drama. Just that at that moment. Someone it is. Was, someone it was, called Farma who should have lived. Oh yeah, at that at that point, I genuinely enjoyed it. Look, I did. I liked the fact that they were they were like bickering siblings, and really, their characters were so juvenile. You can't expect sophisticated emotions out of those two. They they were like kids, and they were like teenagers falling in love, and it was kind of cute. And I enjoyed that. I stand by what I said. It's a cute romance. If you know your fast forward button, you have to fast forward to all the secondary characters. I I don't think I would have though is, is what I'm saying is that even without those I, like in the moments that were just those two I didn't find it compelling and okay. uh, yeah I guess okay. that's okay then though, that's perfectly fine uh, that, that's perfectly fine, fine. <laughs> yeah and it's fine you can disagree yeah, exactly. on it it's okay it's cool you can have different opinions I am I am like you know just having fun annoying you about Thanks, this by God. the way so don't take I, it I, yeah <laughs> I have a feeling like 10 years later, I'm going to recommend something and Sarah's going to be like, you know what? You did recommend Full House at one time and I suffered through 16 episodes. I don't think I'm going to. You're never going to be able to forget it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But but before we go off to like the completed list, I want to finish the currently airing ones and we still have Ghost Detective on it, which is also only being watched by Sarah. I think I bring the elements of darkness to this podcast. I want to watch this. I just don't have time. Grad school is <laughs> it's really good. A um, yeah, so you've got it um, it's uh, starring Daniel Choi and Pug and Boon, um, who, uh, and also like the rest of the cast. The secondary cast is really you like them too. Um, um, so what happens? Oh, so. Oh, I'm really rubbish at this, and I didn't think about this at first. He's detecting ghosts. <laughs> right, so you would think of that, right? <laughs> but then, oh, I don't know if it's a spoiler to say this, because it is a spoiler, um, to you guys at least, although everyone else already knows. Um, so he's a ghost detective, but not in the way that you think. Um, oh, he, I really... He, are you guys going to watch investigates this? for ghosts. I am. Ghosts bring cases. If to you're him? gonna watch it, yeah. So wait, is this revealed in the first episode? Because then I'm okay with finding it out. It's revealed uh, the end of the first episode. Okay. Oh, okay. But it's a, it's a, like it's a big one. First episode or second episode? Okay, you know what? If it's a big one, then let it be. I mean, we can talk about it in the next year. Yeah. But watch it; it's good. Okay. So also, the first week is the really scary week. 
Um, and the the wimp's guide to watching this show is watch it during the day. <laughs> Nothing is scary during the day. Good if you watch know. it at night, it will like you know you will just mm. die if if you get scared easily I, like me. Okay. Um, but then <laughs> after that, you only need to cover your screen once or twice during an episode, so <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but you know, like I've never like I haven't watched um, like Age of Youth and stuff, so I've never seen Puggin been in anything before. I really oh, she's so good. She's so good. She's wonderful. She's and how have you not watched Age of Youth? What is wrong with because you? Because I've been saving it. I've been saving For what? two episodes. Seasons now, man. How long are you going to be saving it? Because I know it's going to be good, which is kind of like a, it's why I want to savor it more. And yet you watched Full House. <laughs> that was kind of going on the, on the co- coasting on the whole the audio commentary that we recorded and have not yet released. But... Um, and somebody's recommendation. <laughs> no, but definitely watch Age of Youth. You will be you will be happy that you've seen I it. I would like to point out that Anissa recommended Full House first. Okay. <laughs> I didn't tell you to watch it. I just thought it would be entertaining to do one hour commentary on it. <laughs> okay, that so the thing with Ghost decision. Detective is that it's got like the world has rules. Like mm-hmm. you you do spend a lot of time speculating on like what exactly is possible in in this uh, world where you know ghosts exist um what can what can they do what can be done to them so you, the main villain in this is the woman in red which is played by uh Ijia. um and she goes around killing people but not actively like um, Puganbin's sister was killed by the ghost, but what she does is she like whispers into your ear, ah. and she makes you kill yourself, right? So it's really oh, it's scary. Um, <laughs> that is creepy. So would you say it's like more of a procedural or more of like a? It's definitely not a procedural. It's okay. it's it's difficult to describe. Actually, it's a lot. Uh, it's very sort of character centered on on the the central trio of Daniel Choi, Puganbin and uh, Ijia. Would you um, call it like psychological horror? I, yeah, I'd say it's a psychological something, but it does move a bit further away from the horror. Okay. And more into investigating like, you know, what is the woman in red? Who is she? Where does she come from? Why does she do that? And then there's, you know, there's quite a lot of reels that come sort of every episode so it's difficult to talk to uh, to talk about without um giving stuff away so i do want if you're going to watch it i want to wait until you've watched it and then talk about it because okay. like every episode leaves you hanging with a horrible uh cliffhanger <laughs> no, i do want to watch it and like i'm gonna have a week off uh this week all my midterm papers are due after that i'll have some time off so then i'll i'll get a chance to and it's really atmospheric and, Ooh. you know, um, like, it, it's kind of warm-hearted as well, surprisingly, for something that's meant to be a horror. So it's got lots of um, elements that would keep you watching even if you were not into horror, and okay. I'm not into horror at all. I'm not into horror, but I do like psychological horror. Like, I loved Get Out. But also, Get Out. It's a movie that came out. Oh my gosh! It came out last year. It was. It was. It was big. Yeah, it, it, it was. It was, it was like, really good. I watched it. Too. Yeah, it was really good. 
and it's more of a psychological like a parable about race in america and like liberal races anyway it's really good oh interesting it doesn't really get gory until like the last 30 minutes mostly it's just extremely it, it's kind of like you know, very smart messing with your mind you don't know what's going on yeah. you're, you're on a ride yeah. with the main character trying to figure out what is wrong with these people so yeah yeah so basically that's you know just saying like that's pretty up my alley so i'll definitely check it out plus this cast yeah is awesome yeah cast is good also daniel Cho has cheekbones you have never seen before <laughs> yeah oh. people okay, want to stop talking about that what happened to daniel Cho? i was shocked i didn't I didn't recognize him at first. You yeah, know, like, I felt like that with watching. <laughs> I felt like that when I saw Hyunbin in Secret Garden because he lost so much weight and I didn't recognize him at first. I was like, oh, who is this person? Yeah. And then I realized it was Hyunbin, but he had just lost so much weight. It's a little bit, I don't know, bothersome. Was that before or after it's, Army? Yeah, it's this is Army, Army related for Daniel Cho. Yeah, that was mm, before, right? Okay. Secret Garden was before Army. Yeah, it was before. It was his last big project before yeah. Army, so it didn't have anything. He, to do with have you Army, seen the trailers for um, uh, the memories of the Alhambra? Because he looks. I haven't. Healthier. I'm excited to watch it either yeah. way. Oh, that's, oh, that's good. good. Yeah, I think yeah. I saw some like first reading, first script reading pictures. Yeah. Okay, we'll talk about that yeah, in the like every time I see in the upcoming, <laughs> even though it's not coming up for a while. Um, ages. Ages. Yeah, actually. Um, yeah, we'll get to it when we get to we'll it. Get to it. But uh, let's move on to our list of completed dramas where we have actually watched the full thing and we have opinions. <laughs> so, yes, <laughs> I um, we've already spoken about Full House, so that is that. And uh, do you guys want to quickly talk about uh, 30 but 17? Because I, I really want to get to uh, my ideas, Gangnam Beauty. <laughs> But yeah, and uh, why don't we think, start with my ideas? Kind of no, because then, then I'm I'm gonna talk for a while, and I want to talk about thirty by seventeen first. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so okay. plus thirty by seventeen is the one that we all watched and finished. Yeah, recently. yeah. Mm-hmm. So what did you guys think by the end of? Okay, you know what? Forget about. It. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about what I thought because I was so <laughs> concerned about where they were gonna take the relationship, and I'm so happy the way they handled everything. I mean, I by the time by the time the by the halfway mark of this drama, I already had like full trust in this creative team, but I was a little concerned because, well, I told you guys in my head like she's 17. But as um, Saya said in the last podcast, and as um, Siori says in the drama, she was actively aging herself up. And she says that, uh, I think, it's in the final episodes where she's like, I feel like I'm around 25 right now, mm-hmm. <laughs> like as a mental age. And, and we could actually see that. We could see how much she's yeah. grown. So, yeah. there was, was it more something like, I might not be 30 yet, but I'm at the very least like 25. Or yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I like that they did that. I like that the, the right, it shows that the writers were also thinking through the consequences of, you know, the, the psychological consequences, the, you know, physical, emotional, how much yeah, she knows about the world. I do have two gripes, but I'll get to them after you guys talk about your general opinions. Okay. So you want to go first? Well, my general feelings are uh, uh, sort of a, extended high-pitched squee but, <laughs> but I, I feel like how this show left me feeling is the same way I kind of felt at the end of uh, Poem a Day, You Who Forgot Poetry, which is that 
I really, really liked it, and I the way they resolved everything was like in the best possible way. Yeah. But it was low stakes. Like, um, it maybe it never set out to be particularly high stakes, which uh, is fine. But um, it, I worry that that makes it maybe forgettable after you finish watching it, because like if the highs had been higher and the lows had been lower. Um, and it wasn't that, um, and which is fine because, like, that's I think this is actually how I would define a healing drama: is where you don't have these extraordinary highs and extraordinary lows, but you kind of go along at this gentle pace of, you know, uh, an up and down and development and growth. And in in that way, I think I I would ultimately say this was a really healing and life affirming drama. Um, and I think er the way everyone's arcs were, were resolved was also, like, there was a lot of care and love in it. Like, everyone got to have a good resolution. Mm. And even, you know, um, what's her name? The Rinkim. Because, yeah. you know, we com I, I complained about her a lot <laughs> last time. I really liked the way that they handled that storyline. because no, I agree. That, that could easily, because this is what happens to female characters, isn't it? Which is like what you were saying, a familiar wife, is that one uh, one um, woman has to be elevated at the expense of another. Right. Um, and I like that they didn't do that to her character. Like she, she got to reflect on herself and she got a chance to grow out of her own, um, like her, it was like self-directed. It wasn't that, uh, you know, she didn't have to be sort of booted out and she did like hear real talk. People told her, look, stop being jealous now. But she actually actively reflected on herself and decided to change. And I really loved that she actually approached Sori with friendship later. Mm. And it was like, that was such a, such a sweet, yeah. wonderful resolution. Oh, it was. The, the duet of violins. I loved yeah. that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, and so they did that I, with all of the characters. Sorry, mm -hmm. go on. Yeah, no, I I also really loved it. I thought, like you said, it was really healing and sweet and, you know, very warm. And you get to see, you know, like Chen have his heartbreak and then his growing up oh. moment. And, oh, my heart was just, oh. I was like, Chen, oh. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, you know, even um, the Jennifer storyline, as they were slowly oh. revealing stories about her background, I was like, oh, I don't know. Is this going to be, like, really cliched? She has a dark past or whatever. But I ended up, like, really feeling moved and, like, crying about, like, what she had lost and the way that she kind of found a new family. Like, it was so nice. Like, everything about it was so, you know, and, like, mm -hmm. the whole through line with the shoes with Jennifer was just really touching. And I just really liked how they, but, like, what you were saying, Saya, about um, the low stakes, I don't necessarily think that it's low stakes because there was some really significant trauma and they healed from that trauma but I think the reason that it felt more low stakes than it even was was because the way they like drew out everything like every reveal you had like 10 fake outs and then like for every you know like they, they kind of dragged out a lot of things that would have had more dramatic impact if it mm -hmm. had just happened yeah. instead of like that you get like five or six moments of like, oh my gosh, is it going to happen? It doesn't happen. And then when it finally does happen, you're like, oh, it's probably not even going to happen this time. So it kind of takes all the tension out of it. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, like because of that, it felt even more like low key and very like 
without the highs and the lows, like you're saying. I have to also say that I I feel like they did do one character a really big disservice, which was you know Hyungtae's character, the, the friend, the doctor friend. Mm, yeah. Um, and yeah, but I, in in the, that moment when I was talking about it, it was like all of the positives, but I do think that the show fell down in maintaining its tension because of that withholding. Because you know, all of those things you knew they were coming. It was just a matter of when. Like I'd guessed that Uncle had died, right? Yeah. It was just like, when are you going to tell us? When are you going to sort of stop torturing? It wasn't just torturing us; it was torturing the characters, and it just it was unnecessary and it wasn't organic. Yeah, like, and you know, it like, felt like all of those things should have come sooner. Yeah, and if they had had, for example, Hyunte, was his name Hyunte? Yeah, Hyunte, if he had come in like earlier than, you know, like in the last couple of weeks, he still could have felt that conflict of like, oh, she's made this like new group of friends or slash family, and I don't really like, I'm not the only one in her life. And he would have still had to struggle with that, but then she would have had a chance to like have a friend from earlier. Yeah, you know? and like they took that chance away from both of them, and they especially like took it away from Hyungte, and it was just it was so unfair on his and they, character. And, they, and like just on a writing level, like they could have had more conflict if they had met again before she started dating Woojin, so that there wouldn't be mm. like this. Oh well, she's she's my girlfriend, and he's like, oh, okay. You know, I back yeah. off then. I can't possibly have any other relationship. Yeah, like what is there? Yeah, like they're all such yeah. good people. He's not like he's gonna like actively try to break them up. That's not who he is, right? He just wants the best for her, and so then he just becomes like this sad, lonely puppy. But they could, like, but it's they okay. Could I mean, care a doctor for you, but that's okay. Yeah. I gave up my own dreams, but like whatever. Like helping people, so like that was it. Like I just felt yeah. so bad for him. Sorry, what were you saying? I was like they could have had an act. Like sorry, and Hyungtae could have actually had an adult relationship like wherever that relationship went but we didn't even get to see that yeah. and it was so like that yeah, was like a really them, changed right really changed character they didn't even get to like come back to having a friendship really yeah and she, like she would have, like how much would that have meant to her to have that friendship i mean yeah her new friends were wonderful and amazing but one but thing to have... connect her to her old life. Right. She didn't have a single person that she knew from her well, old she life. she has her aunt exactly. and her nephew now. But... No, I think her aunt was pretty definitively, like, cut out. Like, again, I didn't even understand, like, where they... Like, with the aunt, she didn't want to be involved in Sori's life at all. But it was as if it was Sori's fault. And... Like, I didn't get the uh, aunt angle. What I didn't understand I, I was how they... I, what I didn't understand was how they were trying to redeem the aunt, uh, saying that she hadn't spent the money. If she hadn't spent the money, then why wasn't she paying for Shiori while she was in coma? I mean, it makes absolutely... It would have made more sense. Yeah, it's like you left her for dead. Yeah, exactly. You, you practically Oh, you woke up, Shiori? Like, what she, would she have just abandoned the girl and she would... They, they would have pulled the plug if the payments had not happened. So... Right. So what's exactly. the point of keeping that money if she's de- you basically killed exactly. her? Exactly. Like, so you so you might as well say that she had paid the people off. Like, how did they pay off? Uh, I don't know. Whatever reason she spent, uh, she she uh, sold the house for. Maybe she really needed the money at that point. Okay. So so commit to that. But she exactly. didn't use it. So why did she sell it? Exactly. So that makes absolutely no sense. So I think it was a last ditch effort to redeem the aunt. Oh, she couldn't actually save, you know spend the money, so she had left it. She left it for what? A dead girl. 
for, for all she knew, Suri was dead. She hadn't kept up with what was happening with Suri, or she would have known that Suri was had woken up. She had no way of knowing that somebody else had taken over paying for Suri. She had literally left yeah. the girl for dead. So what was the point of not spending yeah. the money? I did not understand that last moment, and it felt like a retcon, like yeah, as if they were saying, "Oh, we need someone from her past life." You know, and and Suri ha- seems to be trying to forgive her aunt or something. It, it there was a graveyard scene towards the end, um, where she was trying to be friendly with her aunt. And why? But her aunt was still blowing her off. Well, she wasn't blowing like, her, yeah. her yeah. off. After all of that, they, they, it wasn't exactly blowing her off. She like was projecting. Being, no, did no. She was like not looking at her and not talking to yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, she was more like mm-hmm. like I'm I'm too embarrassed and I don't think like it, I I didn't think that. That she was blowing her off. It was more of a situation of. No, but like it was an emotional rejection. It was an I don't want you. Like that's how I okay. read that scene. Maybe. So, but anyway, so that is that. They seemed like they were going off to have a meal because she, I don't know, Shuri insisted that they go off and have a meal. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I I do understand what you're saying. I don't think the aunt would be a meaningful part of her um, future life. That just did not. Which is where Yongte would have been a very useful um, character to have. Like, they should have shown something of her relationship with Yongte. I mean, it's not like the only relationship she could have had with this boy was romantic. They could very easily be friends. They have had... And they were, friends. they were friends. That was the whole yeah. thing. So, okay. Um, In my imaginary uh, yeah. uh, future for Shori, they are friends. So, okay. <laughs> there is that. Um, did you guys were you guys okay with Jennifer's um, uh, backstory coinciding with um, Suri's uh, accident? What, what was that okay with you guys? Because I really didn't like it. I didn't like that. That was I mean, like kind of teased from the beginning. No, it, was it was just a matter of beginning, how. But I didn't like that. It was like ju- the moment when the guy responsible for the accident came to apologize to Suri, and Suri's having this moment where she's crying and accusing him of killing her friend and there was this entire thing and the guy kept saying that one girl died one student died and the other one was in coma and then suddenly Jennifer comes and says my you killed my husband too there were two deaths and it just I don't know for some reason I felt like that it felt really out of place oh no that was on my mind though because um I, I, I suppose because I've been reading speculations and stuff yeah. and the part where when Sumi died there were the when the announcement was made there were two names on that screen mm, right. and yeah I'd been following the speculation so I was expecting that connection which is perhaps how they yeah, expected but look, us I mean, to watch Jennifer it would Jennifer end up in this house so, of all house exactly when Suri wakes up like come on man it just there yeah, are, I mean, like, 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 drama that starts that with well. so many. Yeah, like there are yeah. so many coincidences. So for me, I'm just like, okay, it's just one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm with. Yeah. I'm fine with coincidences that span like a, a, a period of maybe a few days or a few weeks. I am not okay with coincidences that spans thirteen years, in in such a weird way. Um, I'm. I don't know. That really pulled me out. I was really invested in Jennifer's story before that. Because it was also very clear what had happened to, like, the, how she had lost her husband, she lost her child, she became, you know, she, she emotionally repressed herself. All of that stuff was clear even before the last minute, uh, you know, um, revelations about how her husband died. But, so I was really invested in Jennifer's character up until that moment when she rushes towards the guy and is like, you killed my husband, wow. But yeah. <laughs> that just me. <laughs> I think that was just no. I mean, I think that was just one of the weaknesses of the writing. Is like on one hand, I found the dialogue to be 
incredible and very very well oh, done yeah. and like you know like the day-to-day the -day interactions between the characters were really really nice and there were some really great lines but as a plot like as someone who's like doing the plotting the writer didn't really do a good job because there were so many moments where like instead of organically making the story longer they would just be like oh it's not time for you to find out this yet so i'm just gonna do a fake out you know like I, yeah so that was like something throughout the whole drama that was a problem for me, I, so. yeah like it was better in its sort of uh, as a micro right written in, in its yes. micro moments than it was as a kind of a, a an overall but yeah the broad in. strokes of the story were not quite as no, but i would like to yeah. point out that i didn't mind how long they took to reveal the Revelations. Oh god, I'm so bothered by it. <laughs> yeah, it made sorry. me so annoyed. <laughs> I was it drove me nuts. Okay, that was the one thing that really bothered me. Yeah, everything mm -hmm. else was was good and cute and nice and happy. And I only kept watching because you know those moments, the the small things, the the daily stuff was all still very watchable. Oh yeah, yeah. And for me, um, on a personal note, like just the it was a little bit triggering in some ways, but also like kind of very moving for me because like she goes through this thing that happens when she's 17 and then she basically like loses 13 years of her life. And like, I wasn't in a coma, but like I've had a similar experience where like I, you know, got sick when I was in high school and the next like 10, 12, 13, 15 years were just kind of, stolen from me in a way so the, actually the first couple of episodes were kind of hard for me to watch but i kind of it was nice for me to like watch her getting her life back like i that was a little bit healing for me so just yeah i liked that i just, the really did achieve what it set out to do yeah i really appreciated what they did with uh, the final episode where she's trying to figure out what um path she should take for her future and on and like she has two uh, options, both good, but one requires her to spend uh, your next seven, eight years uh, studying. And she's like, "We, I'll become independent when I'm 38. That is so old." And in like in her head, that's terrifying. How could she? How could she? You know, like she's already lost so many years. She would le lose another eight years on this path. And I liked how they dealt with that. Like it, like so long yeah. as she's happy, she can take the path that she needs to. It doesn't matter how much time it takes. What does it matter? I mean, if she doesn't have to live life according to other people's timeline, and that really resonated with me because I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do with my life till I was like 28, 29. And wait, no, for sure. But yeah. anyway, um, yeah, it's I, I only recently figured out very recently. But and if I had, I remember when I was in college and. I was really depressed about the fact that I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. And all the opportunities that everybody around me saw uh, for my future, I I was actively rejecting them because they were not opportunities. I Those were not the paths that I wanted to go down. And repeatedly, I had to hear from people around me that you have a limited time. You have to do things within this time. You're going to be 24 soon, 26 soon. You're going to be... Mm. And it's just that as if age limited me in... Um, how much I was allowed to dream. I have to figure out a timeline by the time I'm 20 and live that. I, I know this, like I'm not a snowflake. Everybody has to go through this. I'm just saying that <laughs> because I was not 
going down that path because I was doing going against what people were telling me. I had to listen to people tell me that I'm a fool more often. <laughs> and I just really appreciated that the end message of this drama was basically that take your time. Just like, so now you're happy and you're doing what yeah, you Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. And you're with the people you care about. Yeah. No, and that's like, for me, I had to kind of teach that lesson. That was, for me, it was opposite. Like, I was putting pressure on myself. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I've gotten to this certain age. I didn't do anything. Like, all my peers are already, like, so much further along, like, this life path, whatever that means, you know? Like, we have this idea (laughs) of what we're supposed to be doing at certain ages. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just, like, I'm failing at all of that. But then I had to kind of come to peace with the fact that, like, I have a different path and I have to just live my own life and you know at the pace and at the time that's right for me and you know so yeah that definitely I really really loved that as well really resonated with me yeah so you know like whatever like you know sappiness or corniness like it was the good my I was talking to my sister because she watched this with me too and we were saying like it's corny but like it's a good kind of corniness you know it's like an enjoyable like it tells you the things that you need to hear yeah yeah like and that people don't, don't say to you, peel, you know? <laughs> don't sink peel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's so oh. corny, but I mean, oh, I'm going to just always love and remember Chen from this. This is not why, like, it's not going to fade into my memory because of Chen. No, that's true. I loved yeah, uh, Jin's character. I love uh, their chemistry. I love Chiori and Wujin together. But it's Chan who's gonna stay, like, stick in my memory in the long term. I can tell. Oh, I have to say, Shinhison really blew this one oh, out. Oh, she was oh, so was good. It was her show from beginning. Yeah. Oh, totally. totally. And it's like, I've like Yang Sejong. I I don't think this is one of his stronger projects. Although he like he wasn't bad, but like I've seen, I feel like I've seen him being no. He this better. was really easy for but him. I, I, I just, I just next to Shinhison, it's really you. We, everyone would pale next to her. She's amazing. She, like whatever she tapped in this show, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, like her entire heart. She's always amazing, but in this, she was like incredible. Just and I've never seen a player character exactly like this. Like we have discussed this in the last uh, podcast, where it she's mostly played secondary characters before, and the it just that this was not just a new character. She was literally playing a seventeen-year-old in a thirty-year-old's body, and I bought it. I, I yeah. bought it's not it was her body language the way she spoke her smile just her eye everything about her so oh my god not only that yeah not only that but we like watched her grow up oh yeah we totally watched mm-hmm. her grow up that's true yeah and you could see it it was amazing true yeah, true. yeah for sure yeah um of course like she had a magically available fully functional wardrobe the moment she needed it to you know, make that <laughs> but I mean, you know, I like the way it was done. At least they, yeah, yeah. at least they had a, like yeah. an explanation yeah, for it, rather than the, just the like, girl who gave her that magically available wardrobe vanished without a trace. Like, did you guys remember what happened? <laughs> oh to yeah, actually, that, that's another character who kind of just disappeared. Yeah, yeah, and she was. I feel like, yeah, why? I feel like there was, you know, all of that random empty time which they could have done stuff in. And I get that they wanted uh, Chan to have an attempt at a love line with Ajumma, but like that, the the minute glimpses we've got, we had of the girl whose name I don't remember, Um, but I think of her as the Yoon Sohee of this drama. (laughs) 
and like she was like rated she was the top student at school yeah. she wasn't an airhead okay yeah. so that was like the stuff that you could do with that and they didn't go anywhere with I, I it like you know like, banner, they, they, had the and they had time they had time yeah exactly so, exactly they prioritized yeah. other scenes i feel like they must have taken some um footage like something with, with her character towards the end and then decided to just leave it in the cutting board because they wanted to prioritize other scenes instead and um i think that 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 was sad because she we, she should have had at least one scene just just something with chan towards the end like it doesn't have to be a romantic arc necessarily but just the girl was just so honest and she's kind of insane but i i liked her so <laughs> yeah <laughs> And she wasn't mean no, or mean spirited or catty. And it's like you had such a like so much potential to make an interesting second character here. And you know what I thought we might have had? Because all of um Sorry's friends were like, you know, they were all men, okay. Yeah. And she didn't have yeah. apart from Jennifer, she didn't have a, like a girlfriend. Yeah. And that uh you know, um, could have been her like her her 17 year old friend you know yeah and you know like in um do you remember you guys have seen high school king of savvy yeah. right yeah so in oh, that so character his character in that right oh, okay that's why you were yeah yeah so like yeah. <laughs> he was an annoying stalker but then like she ended up being an actually a really important character and i started i kind of loved her by the end like she was really annoying for a long time <laughs> but you know like her relationship with her sister and like the, you know, like, kind of watched her grow up, too. So they did a really... I mean, that writer is a better writer. But, yeah. So that, Wasn't that it the was same writer? Of, no. That oh, writer not, is yeah. writing um, Familiar Wife. That's oh, you're right, right, right. Yeah. She's not the writer for this drama. But, yeah. So, anyway, that was kind of a missed opportunity. Uh, shall we move on? So, yeah. Yep. Moving on <laughs> to... My ID is Gangnam Beauty. Which is not a drama I expected to gush about at all. I was pretty mean about it in the last podcast, I think. Because <laughs> um, just the name itself made me... Look, what I expected from it was that this was going to be one of those dramas where it's all... Like the story was going to superficially touch uh, upon how you should focus on inner beauty, not outer beauty, or something like that. Which is really good message, but often not packaged very well. Um... And no, I was wrong. Um, yes, there is that, but there is just so much more about this drama. I'm just going to, you know, this is one of those dramas where I can um, confidently recommend um, you guys watch the first episode. And if you're not hooked by the end of the first episode, then this is not for you. You wouldn't have to watch the second episode. Either you're hooked by the end of the first or you're not. And they put in so much detail in the first episode, just the the begin are you guys still there or are you really quiet yes yeah. okay. we're just listening to you yeah. <laughs> okay just the starting scene was so good um it, they do this thing okay so do you guys know the basic premise of uh gangnam beauty like the, you know the main character gets extensive uh plastic right. surgery so which is yes. why she gets called yeah. gangnam beauty okay so the main yeah. character is played by um im soo hyung and i've never seen her in anything else before um I have to confess that I really don't like her. Okay. At least based I think on I've the seen stuff her I've seen her serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, but maybe I maybe I watched her at the beginning of her acting career where I just found her to be a bad. What person. what did you watch really her in? Like in the beginning? 
um like um she plays the second lead in i do i do oh, and then okay. like this is like a while like five six years ago okay. stuff that i've seen her so in. here's yeah. the thing i don't i don't think i would have liked this drama as much if the drama had solely focused on her character but one of the things one of the major strong points of this drama is once they have settled the um the the baseline for her character and the uh dramatic arc that her storyline would take once they have set that up they it becomes more of an ensemble um storyline and you find yeah, out is it like a campus drama it is a campus drama and it's a very college okay. you actually feel like you you are in this college campus as much as you can in a Okay, you mean they're not just roaming around no, um, with backpacks on a campus as if they're in a photo shoot? No, <laughs> they have classes, and you know, one of my favorite. Uh, there are there are these two episodes. Classes. Yeah, what wow. tell me about it? Um, <laughs> there are these two episodes in the in the middle of the drama. I'll come back to it, and that's to do with the male lead, which I need to talk about. But hold on, I'm gonna I'm just gonna set up. Um, so the, the way this drama just um, there is. Im Soo Hyun's character, whose name is Kang Mi Rae, uh, Kang Mi Rae is in in the subway train with her mother. Uh, she's traveling to the hospital uh, in Gangnam, and uh, I'm assuming it's in Gangnam. It's never actually specified. Um, it's she's in subway train, and she has a face mask on, and she has a hat that she lowers over her eyes, so you can't actually see much of her face other than a bit of her eyes. And she looks around. She's standing in the uh, train, and she looks around herself. And every woman she looks at, she gives a mental score to, out of hundred. Um, and initially, I couldn't figure out what the score was about. But like, was she trying to see if any everybody else has plastic surgery? How obvious the surgeries are, or what? But eventually, it, it turns out that no, she's giving them beauty scores. How pretty are they in her eyes? So it's like some women got sixty-five, some eighty-five, something like that. And uh, what what they should be getting, what surgeries they should be getting to improve their looks. That that's where the cataloging of those things, and it's done in this. This is the main character. This is the main character, and she she's okay. in a pretty dark place, like in in her mind. Like she, so she's a high school student. She's just finished high school, and she has gotten into um, Hankook University, which is like this super prestigious. I don't know if that's a real university. I think it's in it's modeled uh, on it's Seoul. Real. Yeah, it's real. real. Oh, is it real? Oh, okay. Yeah, one of the um, the documentary filmmaker that we were supposed to have visit is she teaches there or something. Okay, cool. Okay, then and she got into sorry, that. Sorry, random aside. <laughs> That's right. The real university. <laughs> she, she got into okay, that university yeah. and she she's good at studies clearly. And um, but before she starts university, uh, she uh, her mother and um, uh, Mire decide that she's gonna have extensive plastic surgery because. Her face, I, we are never quite shown her face ever till the end of the drama, and it's always a blur. But it, we are constantly told that it was so bad, she was so ugly that it, everybody made fun of her. She couldn't get baseline respect from anyone. Like for instance, she was good at dancing, but she could never dance in a group. She could never like she could see other teenagers dancing in the mall when the music's up, but she couldn't join them because she knew that the moment she did and everybody focused on her face, people would react badly. So she always hid herself and she kind of made herself smaller, invisible. She had a friend throughout middle school who goes to university with her later, but she refused to hang out with her friend in school. Because otherwise, people would be making comments about her face, and her friend would fight with them. So she wanted to avoid that. So she only associated with her friend outside school, like in her house or her friend's house. It was a very isolating existence, wow. and that's how she's always lived. And the only people who are perfectly okay with the way she looks, of course, are her parents. 
and her dad especially is super proud of her but the reason i'm laying all of this stuff out is because all of this is very obvious just in the first half hour of of the drama and man there is just so much just character information just in in those moments it's really well written and um okay i had a minor surgery recently uh, about two weeks back and i had never been in an uh, operating theater before so i did not know i i would not have been able to recognize how much detail they put into just showing us the ot and the procedure before you you have a surgery the detail was really spot on and of course i'm going on about it because i'm just so surprised that they got everything so right they, they were intercutting that scene with um moments from her past and then there is this moment when she's walking back home and in her mind she thinks she's so horrible so monstrous that the shadow she she sees on the road this is this elongated um shadow of a, a horned monster and it it's a really beautifully done scene just just everything about the first episode impressed me okay so all of that stuff done she gets her plastic surgery she starts attending university and here is this girl who's never been pretty in her life and she got a lot changed and she goes to university and from the first day she gets admiring looks and it's very obvious the way her face is structured that she has got surgery done because like it, we talk about this a lot like we've read about this in articles a lot about how that particular v line that um koreans seem to mm. appreciate a lot that is not that does not come naturally quite uh, you know like it's it's never that sharp if it comes naturally usually you can you can tell usually you can tell yeah yeah and and young is one of those actresses that you can tell that she's had work done exactly so i think that's one of the reasons yeah. she was cast though and one of the things you have to really appreciate yeah. about this drama is that she knows when she's like i just wanted to look normal instead it uh, i look pretty now and it's very obvious that i had surgery done so right off the bat anybody who looks at her like majority of people look at her and they know that she's had surgery done so there is that mild prejudice going on there as well like people love looking at her and she's called pretty all Can't of that win. stuff but <laughs> yeah so i guess my main question cuz when i heard i mean you remember when we were talking about upcoming dramas and this one came up we're all like uh uh-huh, all oh, that sounds like a train wreck So do you feel like they um did a good job of like critiquing the plastic surgery culture and like the you know like the over obsession with like looks and you so know like here, the way society Yes yes what they did. Like, do you think they did a good job? Instead of critiquing the plastic surgery culture they critiqued um society's expectation of an ugly person should remain ugly why are they trying to become pretty? and how if you are born with a beautiful face as the uh, main lead the guy what's his name um cha yungmo's character which is do kyung suk uh he was born you know wealthy family a beautiful face and he, the, the characters in the drama keep calling him face genius which okay okay yeah anyway so <laughs> but the thing is that he was born with all of that stuff and so was another character who becomes important later on in this drama uh, called suya and she was born pretty um this girl suya so when mire first sees suya the, the she does that mental scorecard thing and in the end she's like 100 on 100 a super rare natural born beauty like i'm making it sound staccato but in her voice it was like imbued with this awe like she's not just beautiful she's naturally beautiful as if that's like a 
special talent you know what i mean um and that tells you a lot about the mindset of the main character and and the people around her one of um, my favorite things about this drama is how mire has this wonderful character arc where she actually begins to see the people behind the faces and she's actively trying to stop herself from judging people based on their looks and it it's it doesn't happen overnight it takes time and she's a likable character from the get go um there is this thing where in the initial episodes i couldn't understand why i was having so much difficulty with her face it seemed so shiny and slack somehow and i think it was deliberately done because in later episodes her face is no longer that shiny she actually has more expressions on her face they were they were trying to show that it was like scar tissue no no not scar tissue i think initially she was just not used to her face she was not she didn't know uh, how to react to situations when people gave her compliments she literally froze up whereas when people were giving compliments to suya the natural born beauty she was you know she demurred she was graceful gracious it's she's someone who's who's grown up being called pretty there is also another woman which is um kyungsuk's mother who's also another natural beauty so to speak and she's older now she's 47 and i love her relationship with mire and it it's that there is a back story there that has nothing to do with kyungsuk and i love it because there is the this mental mentee relationship that she desperately needed that her parents could not provide like kyungsuk's mother gave her perspective on even though you have beauty you your life may not work out the way you thought it would there is also um i am talking about this for so long the side characters are all really well done and i can talk about this for hours but yeah do you guys have any other questions otherwise i'm going to talk about uh, cha yoon mo's uh, do kyung sook's uh, character a bit no yeah that's i mean you've got given us like a really good mini deep dive all by yourself so <laughs> it sounds really it sounds like a lot deeper than i thought it was to be honest i, I did am, not have i am idea. so surprised by this drama i was not re- expecting this level of writing and honestly i want you guys to watch it because i want you guys to bring some perspective sometimes when i watch something that surprises me my ability to critique um uh, it's uh, you know shortfalls completely vanishes oh uh, one thing before i move up to mire um the actress um im yuhyang is uh, im suhyang is 28 years old and she didn't really want to do the part of a 20 year old and the fact is that in the drama it's very obvious that her face looks more mature than a 20 year old should be it looks more polished and also she's very tall and modelesque and there's a good reason given for that like with plastic surgery you often do look a little more mature you know they they try to hit that sweet 20 something mark like in mid 20s mark and she is very tall and athletic so it the the result of the plastic surgery was that she actually looks like a model but she has the personality of a shy introvert who's never had more than one friend and has been mocked all her life so if you understand like there is this huge discrepancy between who she is inside and who people perceive her to be so that's mm. yeah so i thought i thought im soo young was pretty good at showing that um again if the drama had wholly focused on her i probably would not have enjoyed it because her character had a lot of depth but alone she would not have been able to show as much as the drama showed with her, through her interactions with other um classmates of her or st- or, or parallel stories happening with her classmates where she witnesses something but she walks out of the room because she's intensely uncomfortable but the storyline there keeps going on like the characters do their own uh, mini arcs 
so she interacts with the arcs but she is not the main lead you know how you have sometimes dramas where the main lead solves all the problems for everyone she is this is not one of those stories like other people have their own storylines where they solve their own problems so that's that's so it's more like an ensemble exactly which which you and and they don't do then don't they don't do too many filler uh, situations like almost every scene that i saw had there was reason uh, why it was being shown um so finally our main lead and i have not again not seen him in anything before but uh, do kyung sook he's a chebol okay um an unhappy chebol kid with um coming from a broken family but he's a chebol and he just has always he's deliberately isolated herself himself he calls himself an outcast um to mire but mire points out that you you voluntarily became an outcast whereas i i was you know forcefully outcast it's not the same thing so yeah i really like their conversations um and there is this point in the drama where my opinion of the drama and this character changed completely i have never seen them do this before where this boy he walks out on his father because his father had lied to him about something and he discovered it and he's 20 years old he's always had credit cards in his pocket he's never been penniless but he is like super determined that i'm going to live alone i'm not going to stay with him anymore ra 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 but he cannot feed himself he goes looking for part time jobs expecting high pay for limited hours of work and maybe you know very little work at that and everybody is looking at him and they are like well you're very pretty but i don't think we can pay you these wages for these few hours and he does not understand how money works he takes a taxi when he has barely any money in his pocket and then the next morning he doesn't have enough money to feed himself breakfast but i love it he's this super broke 20 year old boy who does not know how to live on a budget it is humbling for him and i love it he got more de- character development in those two episodes when he had no support system than he did in or, or the previous i think eight episodes before that so i love it and i really really started rooting for that character after those two episodes happened so yeah overall i love this drama it has so many nuances and i need you guys to watch it so we can properly talk about it yeah or our listeners if you've seen it weigh in yes write to us like leave us a comment about it or tweet to us or i don't know email us all of those uh paths <laughs> are available to you yes all those lovely things yeah okay uh sad you want to talk about time now you finished watching time right So yeah time Kim Jong Kyun left and he took the charisma with him so it kind of so in the, he he died it's not a spoiler he died at the end of episode 12 i think which left another four episodes to wrap up the show without him and Sohyun's character who was called Sol Jihyun okay Jihyun um she kind of turns to the dark side uh sort of halfway through the drama um and she gets kim jong hyun to marry her and then they both try to bring the perpetrators of this big cover up of her sister's death to justice um and of course uh kim jong hyun's character dies before that can happen um but he dies as a result of his uh dad trying to off uh ji hyun um So that intro, like that brings in the bigger villain of his dad who is like you know the uh, CEO of a 
a big company. He's the, you know, the, the Chable dad. Um, <clears throat> so it turns into this whole, everyone's trying to kill Jihyun, um, but the two people who are sort of the former villains, they've now all teamed up. So um, uh, Unchea, who is uh, the person who originally, what's that actress's name again? Um, the one who was Yeriel in I'm Not a Robot. Anyway, the actress. I can't remember, should I look this up? No, it doesn't matter. So the two um, former villains team up with Jihyun, except you never quite know who, like what they're doing because they're so unreliable, whether they're actually on her side or not, uh, or whether they're going to backstab her two seconds later, and they do sort of constantly backstab each other. So you're just like, this is going round and round in circles in an un unfulfilling way. And it's meant to ramp up the tension, but rather than ramping up the tension, it just kind of... It makes you tired of it, and I just want it to end at one point. And I think by episode 12, I was ready for that show to end. Mm. It, like, it really lost something after Kim Jong-un left. Like, the kind of the charge and the electricity that he brought with, like, a certain element of unpredictability as well. And the unpredictability that we were left with was not the good kind. Yeah, I mean, I suppose it did as best as it could, but yeah. I don't think any of those actors had the charisma to carry the show. Was there like, um, any kind of closure so at all? Um, yeah, I mean, everything kind of ended. It ended in quite a good way. Like, uh, Unchia seems to become sincere in her desire because it's only after Kim Jong-hyun dies that she realizes what it's like for someone to die and just have the case closed when they've died in suspicious circumstances and, and not like not get any closure about it and not be able to bring the truth of what really happened to him. So because of that, she she joined um, Jihyun. But still, they just, they go, they waver a lot. Like you, you never quite know whose side they're on until literally the last, very last moment. Um, but they do, like everyone goes to jail. Um, she turns herself in. Um, all sorts of redemptive arcs begin for them. But you kind of stop caring about them too much. I think the person I most cared about <coughs> at the end was um, Huang Sun's character because she she had a little bit more of that sort of dark sort of electricity about her much more than any of the others did. So I think this whole show, I think what it proves is that the show was really carried on the personality of the the actors. So Hyun was she's a serviceable actress. She's definitely not bad, but I don't think she's got what it takes to carry a show. Mm. Okay. Well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I mean, that's sad, but at the same time, like, I'm glad that he took that he left for the sake of his own health. Oh yeah, absolutely. True. But I imagine it would have been quite a different ending had he been alive for you know had his character been alive. There would have been a romance. Oh, God. <laughs> it might have saved the show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so is that the end of our list? I think I've got one more. No? I've got uh, Your Honor, which is also one that finished in the same week. So, Do you want to go first or should I? Uh, Your Honor, I never watched it. So Okay. 
Right, okay, so Your Honor was the Yoon Shiyun um, playing a pair of twins drama with Yu Young. Mm. Um, actually, I have to say, I don't have a lot to say about this. I just want to uh, recognize the fact that there was a lot to say about it because I know a lot of people uh, in the fandom who've been watching it and they, you know, they've got really interesting commentaries on it. I was watching this too casually to, to read into all of the, the lore stuff on it, but. Um, it did deal with a lot of stuff like um, sexual harassment. Um, and you didn't mention that last time. That yeah, it but it actually, it did, uh, like, it followed through, oh, which nice. is what I think a lot of dramas haven't done. And the uh, the other case that they had in there, which was one of the central sort of, uh, central part of uh, E. Young's backstory, was her older sister had been raped and the rapist had got off um, just because, you know, because... Because, you know, do we even need to say why? Because, because they do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he had been a chebol as well. No, well, he, he was somebody influential and powerful with a lot of powerful backing and a very expensive lawyer. And it had turned into a case of where, you know, the victim had been put on trial. Um, like a Supreme Court nominee, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> I, I Sorry, was carefully I just... not saying that. <laughs> yeah, it's been a I'm very... Nothing like that, obviously. It's been a rough week. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yes. No, I'm glad to hear that. (laughs) So although, you know, that trial had been sort of, you know, over and done with and there was, they couldn't go back on that. um, Was it that the, no, I don't remember. But in any case, all of the Chebels were punished. If not for that particular crime, they were punished for uh, a later crime. And it was uh, Yoon Shiyun's character, uh, both of his uh, delinquent uh, fake judge character who had, um, really like pursued justice for for the sake of punishing these people who were never punished Mm. um one of the things that didn't capitalize on was the relationship between the brothers which was a really complicated um sort of tangled thing and in the beginning it seems like you know good brother bad brother so the judge is the bad brother uh and fake judge is good brother so it didn't go deeply into that, but it did spend a bit more time on on his other character, the the judge, the clean cut judge character. Um, it was again one of those quite sort of low key dramas. It it did have sort of high stakes and lots of tension and all of that, but at the end, it sort of focused on giving the characters healing, and I kind of I quite like that. I think in the drama. And it's not really something you see often in a legal drama either. Mm. But I think, yeah, the best thing was bad people got punished. <laughs> Yay. That's all I want from my legal dramas, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Especially when real life is so disappointing in so many ways. <laughs> I do feel like if I had watched it a bit more closely, I might have got more out of it. But I, I did watch it really casually for sort of more for entertainment reasons than edification reasons. Mm. But I, d- I did want to just sort of give a nod to the fact that there was a lot of sort of good, strong and interesting discussion in the fandom about, you know, the way they handled all sorts of different and important topics in the show. Okay. Nice. That was it. (laughs) So before we close the episode, I have a question. Um, Anissa has apparently dropped My Horrible Boss, which is a drama I <laughs> really enjoyed. And um, Sarah, did you watch it? 
No, but I thought you hated it. Wait, I, I'm not talking about introverted boss. I'm talking about my horrible boss, which was... um. Wait, let me... Also known as uh, oh. Mrs. Kemper and Namjoon. Oh, yeah. wait, you dropped that? That was good. So, I mean, I can't even say that I dropped it because I, w- I only watched like one episode and it stressed me out so much that I was just like, I can't watch oh. this. He's so... It I can't so handle watching him. He's like <laughs> stressing me out. It's like I cannot. Actually, I get you. I get uh, you. But it I, does get better. And I got like ninety percent of the way through the episode, and then like when I realized <laughs> that he's like gonna mess up his like very important presentation, I was just like, I can't watch. This but the whole point of the show is that he is a beta male. That's like the entire premise of his character, that he's a shrinking, um, sort of uh, non-confrontational type but but yeah. then it's also about how how he's learned to stand up for himself it is okay. worth i mean it, okay. again it's one of those low-key ones that but which is the kind of drama that you tend to like more than i do um so maybe i'll go back to it i just like at that time i just couldn't, I, couldn't <laughs> make it. I wanted something that had like maybe i was just looking for something that was gonna like make me happy rather than like make me feel anxiety i just couldn't I should dig up that a little uh, convince me to watch recording that uh, Boromir and I did uh, like a year, more than a year ago now, <laughs> where she tried to convince me to watch that it did in the end work. So oh, <laughs> maybe okay. it'll work on you too. I mean, if you both liked it a lot, then I will give it a See, try. here's the thing. You, you remember, you guys agree, you remember Yuri's character from Father is Strange, right? Mm-hmm. The eldest sister. You remember how much you loved her character? So... Yeah, I wouldn't say Eowon's e- um, character here, though, uh, which is uh, Miss Temper. I wouldn't say her character is like Eori. Uh, Eori had a much better sense of humor, but um, she is competent, like Eori's um, character was. You understand? And she's the problem solver. So where okay. um, Yun Sung Hyun's character is learning to stand up for himself, and that is his entire arc. And of course, you know there is this romance with uh, well, yeah. <laughs> with Eobun, uh, but far more important is the fact um, that they have simultaneous arcs where they help each other, and she is she also has an arc, but it's not as pronounced as um, uh, Yun Sung Hyun's. It's it's more about we all know the sexism uh, women face at workplace, but she's a woman who's manipulated the sexism and sort of like. Um, sort of powered through it and gotten to the top position. And then she leaves mm-hmm. her uh, fantastic corporate job because she will not bow down to the powers that be. And she goes to work for a much smaller firm where uh, Yun Sung Hyun is. And she okay. is so competent and she's so smart that she she is like a gift to this uh, small firm which was barely staying afloat. And it's, it's about her struggle to stand up and uh, she no longer wants to be part of that work culture that she had sort of, you know, powered through and, and won over. Type. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. She, she just didn't want to she be. Does, yeah. She didn't want okay, to be part so of I that. Haven't actually, yeah. I haven't actually gotten to the point where we meet her. Oh what? Yeah. I, I just <laughs> I, I just couldn't get there. I was just like too stressed out by what he was doing. Okay, true. You will like okay. it. But okay. when you when you are in the mood for it, um just don't don't give up on it completely. Come back to it. No, I mean it's on Netflix, it's very easy to watch. It's still on my list. I will get back to it at some point. Well can I tell you what I'm gonna do after this? Because I want everyone to know. Okay. Sure. I'm gonna watch player. 
I'm so excited about this show. So Player, which uh, started yesterday, and I haven't had a chance to watch yet. But I will watch and I will come back to you next year. I can tell you how yes, good it is. Yes, I'll hope. hear about okay. it. Okay. And in that time, I'm going to try and watch the third charm. I don't know why, but I'm going to try and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited for Fox Bride Star, you guys. Oh, did they finally decide I, on a name? Like, like, I thought they kept changing um, it. So, um, it's where stars fall, I think. Yeah, I think that's it, what it, where it, stars it, land. I think oh, where stars land. Title. Yeah, official English title. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Too. Me too. Yes, I need something happy. As we were talking, I need some I'm, I'm very stressed <laughs> out right now. So maybe that's why that um, my horrible boss didn't land well for me because like all of my stress about like yeah. getting my assignments in and like finishing all the massive well, amounts of work. You know that I how have. you can automatically like decrease ninety percent of your stress? Uh, drop out of school, <laughs> waste my parents' money. <laughs> I was about to say quit school, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's all the dramas we have watched and we are watching and we may not finish watching, uh, which is like... And I'm planning anyway. to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so do we have a penguin joke this time, sir? We don't have a penguin joke. We have your joke. Oh. I promised it. Uh, back, yes, your dad joke. <laughs> Let's go. I'm ready. Okay. Um, um okay, so uh, wait, what is the joke? Hold on, give me a second here. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most oh, dad, dad joke. <laughs> I forgot the joke. Hey, hold on, hold on. Shush, 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 shush. Um how did they word this? Uh because the wording is important. Hold on. Um Oh, yeah. Um, so, why is the paper so terrible? The paper? Yeah, why is it so terrible? It's extremely um, terrible. Why? Because of bad news? <laughs> no. I don't even have a guess. I'm not good at this, clearly. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're the former for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> why is all the pressure is always on me? <laughs> Because you always come up with the best stuff. That is true. Um, okay, should I should I give you the answer? The paper's so terrible. Yes, let's hear it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So the paper is terrible. Tears, paper. Oh, that's a terrible pun. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, so. so that's it. That's no it. question this time, guys. Yeah. We'll come back with you in the next year. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye, everyone. And that was our long yak. You may have noticed that we didn't cover news or upcoming dramas in these last two yaks. The reason for that was lack of time, not enthusiasm. We totally intend to keep doing them. And if you guys have any piece of drama news you think we should absolutely talk about, uh, bring it to our attention in the comments below. Tweet to us at Dramas Overflow, that's our new handle, or email us at starsinourpocket at gmail.com. You'll find all of these uh, in the description below. You can also support this podcast by leaving reviews wherever you catch our episodes and telling people about us, like your friends, your family members. Tell that cousin you barely talk to about Dramas Over Flowers, your newest 17th favorite podcast. Okay then, till next time. Bye guys. <laughs>